You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories your team every day. Ross Jackson here, your host, covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it. Lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsider.com, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news for Saints fans by Saints fans. You know what it is. Go ahead and throw me a follow over on Twitter at RossJacksonASC. And if this is your first time catching the podcast, thank you so much for being here and welcome. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, share, retweet, all of that. That is a big help for me and will also help you keep up to date with the newest episodes as they drop every Monday through Friday. Remember, you can find Locked On Saints on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the new podcast app Himalaya, as well as just about anywhere else that you get your podcasts. And when you're out on the road, be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Saints. Welcome to this wonderful Tuesday edition of Locked On Saints. Today, we are joined by a very special guest and a very good friend of mine. You know him as the Saints writer and contributing writer over at Big Easy Magazine as well as the columnist for Saints News Network. Barry Hersius is with us today. You can follow him on Twitter at Barry Hersius to keep up with the eyes and ears of the Houdat Nation lifelong Saints fan and somebody that, even though we only known each other for a little while, about a couple years now, uh, feels like a lifelong friend. So it means a ton to have him here on the show again. Uh, Barry is here to talk to us about his observations from Saints rookie minicamp this weekend. So the big three points that we're going to hit is that we're going to talk about drafted rookies that stood out, undrafted free agents that stood out, and then we'll close out by, for better or for worse, talking about who Barry wants to see a little bit more from as offseason workouts continue. Barry was out at that, uh, out at minicamp, rookie minicamp this past weekend, and it might have been closed off to the public, but Barry's got your back on that. So make sure you check out also his article over at Big Easy Magazine, where he's sharing more of his observations from the weekend. Barry Hersius is with us today to help us talk about all of that and a little bit of lanyap on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Barry, how you doing, my friend? Mr. Ross, so good to be on with you, my buddy. Let's go ahead and talk about those Saints, why don't we? Let's do it, y'all. So you had a busy, busy weekend uh, visiting with Saints Rookie Minicamp. Uh, So why don't you tell us a little bit about your observations, starting off with who were the drafted rookies that stood out? Now, one thing I want to point to is something you mentioned in your article was that last year, only three of those rookies from last year's draft class Mm -hmm. made the roster. They drafted five. How are you feeling about all five of them going in through rookie minicamp? Yeah, look, I, I, surprisingly, I think all five might make it this year. I, Man, I think it's nice that good hear. of a class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that good of a class. I mean, uh, obviously, Eric McCoy, I mean, what can you say? I mean, this kid, you know, gave up one sack against some of the premier interior pass rushers within the SEC uh, or in the nations, quite frankly. I think they played Clemson or whoever. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he's just phenomenal. Uh, you know, he, he's everything you need. It, would, it wouldn't shock me if he actually started game one in the regular season. I, I think he's that good. I'm not saying he's going to be Superman from day one, but all I'm telling you is this kid is the real deal. And most impressive – most impressive about McCoy is how cerebral he is. Mm-hmm. When you listen to the young man speak, the way he the way he articulates his words, the way he the, the attention to detail when he's when he's explaining the, the the nuances of the center position of playing the center, 
that's what struck me about the yeah, I, I, I couldn't even I can't even remember exactly verbatim what he said. I'm sure uh, one of the other guys, uh, Captain Stein at Noel.com or somebody probably has the quote or something. But just so wise beyond his years. And uh, and then he and then the one thing he did say that I remember because I tweeted out was that uh, he said I look forward to the arrival of the veteran players because he it. he wants to challenge. He's going he's let it be known. Look. I already am the center, and I'm coming to take that. That's how confident this young man is. And uh, believe me, he's one of those type, uh, you know, talk to talk, walk to walk. He can do it. I love that. So what about these other four guys that they brought in uh, with this class? Number 22. and Not number 22 that we used to be (laughs) used to in Mark Ingram. It's the new 22, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Man, I'm excited about him. When I'm comparing somebody to Ronnie Lott, Oof. Or Ed Reed, I, I'm not throwing that out there like some kind of floral bouquet. All right, right, right. I'm not that. That's not that's not the, something I'm trying to do to get you to click to the website. No, I'm being dead serious. I cannot believe that kid was still there at 105. Man, that's look. phenomenal. I mean, uh, in the case of Gardner Johnson, you know, it was I, I heard something that it was, had something to do with his attitude that they thought he was a that he was a prima donna or whatever. Well, you know, there's a difference between being a prima donna and and just playing with a lot of self-confidence. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, and look, God knows I could be wrong about this, but I think that I'm telling you that's going to roll down as one of the biggest NFL draft steals in in recent memory. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what would be bigger. You know, if you got the next Ronnie Lott or Ed Reed in the fourth round, the 105th overall pick, that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, no kidding. So uh, three guys left on that draft class, uh, Saquon Hampton, Caden Ellis, and Elise Mack. Yeah, look, Hampton is good enough on his own, I think, in my opinion, that Mm -hmm. he would make the final roster. As a, as a third or fourth safety, he's just that good. It, it's been said, or or Loomis pretty much alluded to it, that he was drafted for his special teams uh, play and standout ability on special teams. Mm-hmm. But to me, from what I saw, just a little bit, I saw he's a, he's a good safety in his own right. I mean, he got a, he got the the interception on the one play uh, that was which uh, which uh, Johnson had actually tipped in coverage on. Um, uh, Elise, uh, Alice A. Mack on the play and tipped it right to Hampton. So, I mean, uh, those two, uh, I wanna, I'm going to backtrack just a bit mm-hmm. with uh, Gardner Johnson. They lined him up everywhere. When yeah. I said they lined him up everywhere, I mean, literally, he was at, he played slot corner. He played on the uh, what right cornerback, which I think is Lattimore's spot normally. Mm-hmm. They throw him out on the left side, which I think is Eli Apple's spot. Put him up in the box. You know, uh, they blitzed him. They they dropped him back and got me and uh, yeah. I believe it might have been Katzenstein or one of them got the quote for, uh, from Aaron Glenn you know that that was their plan for him all along they they want they want to move him around like a chess piece and see it and they did exactly and look and he looked great doing it like it's I said that too phenomenal but uh but like I said that's not to sell Hampton short now so I think he sticks and now the other two guys mm-hmm. that's the two you say well. Those are the two guys that you could you could see because they're both seven round picks. But let me tell you something about Alizé uh, Mack. Not only is the young man smart, but he's quicker than I thought. Yeah. Now I'm not, no, I'm not you know I'm not saying he's you know he, he's, he's going to blow people away out there. Right, right, right. But 
he, he for a type, you know, for his body type and his, he's a little quicker than I realized. He's a lot, I know he's a lot faster than Yel, uh, Yelder, the Dion Yelder kid that mm-hmm. was out there last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's much faster than him, and he just seems more polished. Right. Alizé Mack looks the part of a tight end that I think he could blossom, potentially blossom into a very good pass catcher, you know, and he showed glimpses of it at Notre Dame. And I thought, you know, for me personally, I thought that's what, that's what you saw out there Saturday. And then uh, your last guy, Caden Ellis. Who I, I love, by the way. Just, oh, I... man. This guy was everywhere. Another one. He, uh, he played, they put him at middle linebacker. They put him at the, at the Sam. They put him at the at the will, almost like a box safety or whatever. He, at one, one, on one, on one play. So, I mean, that's, just think, that's two guys. That's two guys, if they both make a roster, that they literally can move around like, yep. like a chess piece. And yep. that, it was really three, because we'll cover him uh, on the next question. Uh-huh, so, I mean, uh-huh. the, 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 the most impressive thing to, that you should remember about this whole off-season process in a nutshell, think about how many guys they went out and got with all the versatility. So if there's injuries, you just plug this guy over here. Or this guy got hurt, plug him over there. Uh, nobody, and to me, that's just genius. That's genius that they're doing this stuff. Even when Breeze retires, I just think this team is still going to be very good. Yeah, Saints are doing everything that they can right now to continue to put themselves in a position to win right now while also preparing themselves for life beyond Breeze. And you're hearing it right here. Like, Barry sees it. I think the Houdat Nation sees it. Uh, that scouting department's doing an excellent job with that. So we'll continue that conversation right here after this break. When we come back, we're going to jump into undrafted free agents, and we'll talk about how, uh, which one of those guys stood out during the rookie minicamp this past weekend. we got that coming up for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, Huda Nation, welcome back to Locked on Saints, your team every day. Of course, if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the New Orleans Saints, this is the place to do it right here on Locked on Saints. Make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, the new Himalaya Podcast app as well. But also, don't forget to throw my man Barry Hurstius a follow on Twitter at Barry Hurstius. You can check out all of his work over at Big Easy Magazine as well as Saints News Network. But don't go away yet because he's still here with us talking about undrafted free agents that stood out in rookie minicamp. Of course, Barry was there over the weekend. So Barry, who are some of those undrafted free agents that stood out for you in the minicamp this weekend? Well, there was three in particular. Uh, my favorite one, far by far and away, was uh, Carl Granderson, the mm-hmm. edge rusher slash defensive end from uh, University of Wyoming. Uh, uh, and we'll touch we'll touch on his uh, legal situation here yeah, in a minute. Yeah, yeah. He's, but, got, man, he's got some concerns. He's got some concerns. But he performed well. But he performed well. But uh, I think I might have a little insight for you on that. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but, but before we get to that, let, mm-hmm. let me just say he's got an explosive first step. Uh, and, and, and it was one of the reasons why I, I kept wanting to put him in my mock drafts. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't put him in there because of the because of the other stuff, which we'll get to in a minute. But right. and look, he's every bit as good as advertised, and and he reminds me a little bit almost of Carl Lawson mm-hmm. uh, with Auburn that 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 kind of fell uh, all the way down. If you remember, uh, I think that was last year's draft or the year before that, and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals wound up signing him, and he you know turned out to be an All Pro. 
You know, yeah. That's what I think about Granted. I'm not. I'm not suggesting he's going to become an All Pro by any means, but he's good enough to make this roster. I guarantee you, he is. So uh, then it becomes a matter. You know, and when I say explosive first step, to me, Pat Willing was always the one that had the fastest. You know, when the ball was snapped, that he was so fast that he was already he was already past the left tackle. You know, before the left tackle even gets a chance to get out of his stance, <laughs> you know, so you got no style. You know what I mean? You know, that, that's my measuring stick, so to speak. You know, for for a pass rusher, you got to be as fast as Pat Swilling was. Mm. And Granderson passes that test. Now, am I saying he's the next Pat Swilling? No, I'm not saying that. Do I think he's good enough to to replace Alex Okafor? Yes, I do. Right. I absolutely, I absolutely, I do. Now. Sean Payton, after in the post-practice press conference, it was pointedly asked about it, mm-hmm. and he he, he said uh, we just don't feel like it, it, it's going to be that big of a deal, and uh, we like you know we like what what we've seen of him so far. Now he didn't elaborate, he didn't go into details, and I already had somebody earlier on Twitter. I don't know explicit details of what he of what he did allegedly. The Saints gave this guy seventy five thousand dollars guaranteed money mm-hmm. and fifteen thousand a fifteen thousand dollar signing bonus bonus. So basically right. ninety grand, a hundred grand, whatever. This kid is probably looking uh, at some doing some time if he, if they found actual charges for him. Okay, right. So the fact that the Saints are giving him a hundred grand just willingly. Uh, almost, uh, I'm not saying sight unseen because they worked him out privately, but um, I'm trying to be tactful the way I'm saying all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that they obviously feel that the young man is going to be exonerated. That's right. the only way I can explain. It. Right. Absolutely. Because why else would you give, give away a hundred grand to rookie players that are never going to play a single snap of the football for us? Right. Exactly. That would be ludicrous. We don't know. We just don't know. Right. So it's presumptuous, but all that aside. Assuming the kid clears his legal hurdles and is, you know, has no issue uh, with uh, being eligible to play, I think definitely he would make the practice squad. I think he's good enough to replace Alex Okafor on the final 53-man roster. That's how good I think he is. So who are your other two names that sit out as uh, undrafted free agents? First one would be Porter Gustin from... USC, the Trojans of USC. Uh, they lined him up at the edge. Actually, him and Granderson were rotating in and out mm-hmm. uh, at that right defensive end spot. They were rotating. So I, I, I just like what I saw of the young man. I, yeah, I'm sure he, I know you guys have covered it at uh, All Saints Considered. Uh, I covered him even at Saints News Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we were talking about versatility. And this is another guy. I mean, not only did he line up and come off the edge, but they put him at strong, at Sam, at strong side linebacker. Mm. So you know you could. But at USC, he played safety. They drop him back in coverage, or they blitz him like a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and, and you know, but he was always hurt. He missed, I believe, sixteen games. You know, in four years, so that's a lot. I want to say six five, two sixty. I mean, if you put on ten pounds. You could like you could even make him a defensive end, right? You know, I mean that's essentially what he's doing when he's coming off the edge anyway. It's just a stand up end. But bottom line is, Porter Gustin is is an NFL talent. He is an NFL talent, and I would be 
uh, again, as with Granderson, I would be stunned if he doesn't make the practice squad. And I, do I think he's good enough to make the roster? Yes, but who are you going to keep as that as that last linebacker? Right. I mean, are you going to say Caden Ellis is that guy? Or are you going to say Porter Gustin's the guy? Or do you say, you know, what will keep Porter Gustin at the edge? And we'll right. list him as one, you know, and we'll, you know, keep him at basically his defensive end, you know, and just list him as, I mean, there, there's a few ways they can do that, but I just don't think you can, you can cut a kid like Porter Gustin. He's just too good. And then my last guy of the undrafted guys, little Jordan Humphrey from the oh, University man. of Texas. Yeah. Now, I made a comparison, and I already caught some flack for it. I don't know. You just can't help it when you watch the guy. He reminds me of Marcus Colson. That's who he makes me think of, because Marcus Colson wasn't the fastest guy. He wasn't. He right. was not, you know, I think he ran, what, a 4-5-6 or 4. Yeah, it wasn't that great. He wasn't fast. He's no speed demon, and I think in the article I say something to that effect along yep. those lines. But he has a knack for catching the ball, mm-hmm. and that's what you see in little Jordan Humphrey, mm-hmm. the ball skill. And, you know, I mean, he was he was flat out covered. He was blanketed, and he went up and made that catch, man. It was a thing of beauty, Yeah, you know, and, and, uh, and so – and to me, and that probably might have been the most impressive single play of practice. Perfect. So let's go ahead and jump to our break here, and then we'll come back. We're going to hear from Barry, for better or for worse, who it is throughout these off-season workouts that he is looking forward to seeing a little bit more from. So we got that coming up for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, welcome back to Locked on Saints, your team every day. Still joined here with Barry Hursty as he's given us an entire episode today. Thank you very much for all your time, man, for coming through. Make sure that y'all follow Barry on Twitter at Barry Hersteus. And then make sure that you check out BigEasyMagazine.com as well as SaintsNewsNetwork.com as well. So we talked about the drafted, I'm sorry, the uh, drafted rookies as well as the undrafted free agent rookies that were brought in for rookie minicamp. Who are some of the players, Barry, for better or for worse, that you are looking forward to seeing more from as offseason workouts continue? Oh yeah, well it's, it's mostly going to be all all veteran players. I, I I would say number one by far and away, I want to see Cam Meredith. I want to see what this guy can do or what he can't do because presumably the whole reason why the Saints were still looking for a wide receiver in the draft was because of this, the uncertainty surrounding Cam Meredith. Right. Uh, you know, because technically he's going to be your uh, – essentially he's going to be your designated guy in the slot mm-hmm. if he he plays the role that he was actually signed to, you know, brought, and brought here for. So – uh, you know, he's been rehabbing like a madman and we've been kind of following it all, all of us on Twitter, as you know, and, uh, next week in OTAs, which begin Tuesday, I believe, uh, you know, I'm going to try to be there and believe me, I, my, I will be squarely focused on Cam Meredith <laughs> because I mean, look, if he's a bust, he's a bust, but you'd rather find out now before the season starts and then maybe you, maybe you take it, maybe you go ahead, do bring back. Uh, a Des Bryant, or maybe you do uh, uh, keep what you got and then add a little Jordan Humphrey as your sixth receiver or something. You know, so there's different ways they could play that. But but my point being, you've got to determine what's going on with Cam Meredith because you know you've kicked the can down the road basically for the past year and a half. I definitely got to see him. Now, I also want to see Marcus Davenport. I want to see their progression. 
I want to see, uh, you know, he was coming on at the end of uh, at the end of the season last year and into the playoffs. Uh, and then I'm thinking about him hurting himself again. But I want to see what he can do. How explosive is he off the snap? He'll just jack you up and, and toss you aside like a rag doll. Right. Uh, similar to what to what Cam Jordan does on the other side. So, uh, but but I want to see that. I want to see that progression. I want to see him tossing like a, a guy or two around like a rag doll. Now, granted, he might not do that to Armstead in training camp, but you know, I want to see him do that in OTAs to a you know to a to a fellow undrafted guy or something. Yeah, I, I want to see that. Another guy, Latavius Murray. Mm. How you know how was his style of running? You know how was it? He's he's got more of an upright style. He, 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 uh, for an older a reference for older Saints fans, uh, I compare Latavius Murray to Chuck Munchie, uh, mm-hmm. the, the legendary the, or the infamous. He's legendary and infamous <laughs> right, all at right. one time. The the infamous running back from the late seventies who we all uh, adore finally. But uh, but he reminds me of Chuck Muncy, you know, not not in so many ways, but the running style, that upright running style, mm-hmm. the way the way he holds the ball, the way he carrying himself as he runs with the ball. You know, you're not asking this guy again. It, it was the same, and it was the same deal with Ingram. I mean, you're not asking the guy to come in and get 1,500 yards. That's not his role. Uh, really, just got to be the complimentary back to Kamara. Right, you know, because Kamara really is is your main guy now out the backfield. I know there was, you know, Mark Ingram was a beloved player. He really was. He, you know, he was very, very beloved, and uh, but he will be missed. Let's yeah. you know, let's call it what it is. He will be missed. Yeah. But I do, you know, I do. I, I, yeah, do I think Murray can handle it? Of course I do. But I got to see it. Yeah. Uh, a few other names I could give you, and uh-huh. I know you, you got to. I know you got to wrap this up. Uh, obviously, I want to see how McCoy will transition. If if they uh, you know if if they do in fact uh, uh, plug and play, right? And I think you'll 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 and you'll get a sense of that. I think uh, based on OTAs and and and, um, and especially as we get into training camp uh, in August, you'll see exactly what their plans are. Probably because if McCoy gets winds up getting the majority of snaps or gets a you know a, a ton of work, then I would I would be surprised if he doesn't start from day one. I just think he's that good. Gardner Johnson, look, I know you got Vaughn Bell and, and, and Marcus Williams out there, but if I'm if I'm Dennis Allen, I'm trying to figure out whatever kind of way I can, whatever scheme or plan or whatever I can come up with to get that kid on the field. He is a playmaker. He is a ball hawk. He is one of the best safeties I've seen in a long, long time. Again, I want to reemphasize what I told you in segment number one. I don't toss out comparisons to Ronnie Lott or Ed Reed like floral bouquets, you know, or, you know, a, like a, a, a Valentine's card to your lover. No. <laughs> when, I, when I invoke the name Ronnie Lott or Ed Reed or, or maybe a throw in your favorite, Troy Palomalu, mm-hmm. whatever your favorite safety of all time is, he's that good. But you got to get that kid on the field. He is that good. He can he he can impact the game that much. That's what I that's how, what I feel about him. So definitely the, the biggest the biggest deal in the NFL draft, <laughs> hands down. Now I'm rooting for all of them, all the uh, undrafted guys to make the make the practice squad. You know, especially Gustin and, and Granderson because I feel those two guys in particular, along with and maybe Humphrey too, 
Uh, let's not leave out Jordan Humphrey, the receiver from Texas. Right. Uh, again, it's just a, a, they they brought in some guys that are very talented, uh, and I, I do believe these next few months uh, leading into training camp are going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Why? I know it's hard for Saints fans to get motivated or excited about following the team at this time time of the year, and but uh, believe me, uh, I'm covering this team 24 seven. Uh, 365, you know, and, uh, you know, even, even if they're, they're on vacation, when they go on vacation in June, you'll see me writing some pieces probably for, uh, Saints News Network on some old Saints players from the past. And then when I write, when I do player profiles from the past, I ain't talking about your, your, your daddy's Saints. I'm talking about <laughs> your papa's Saints. So you're going to see, uh, you know, a guy like Ike, Har- wide receiver Ike Harris. From the 1978 and 79 teams, that uh, you know that that's the type of stories I'll be writing. Just because you know, you know, so even when the even when the Saints are aren't playing, uh, I try I try to keep folks entertained or you know at at the very least somewhat amused. So. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, look, y'all, you hear it. Um, you know, you can keep up with, with everything going on with the Saints with Barry over at BigEasyMagazine.com as well as Saints News Network. Uh, just like I'm going to be here all throughout the off season and during the off time, Barry's going to be putting in his work as well. So make sure you show him some support. Barry, always an absolute pleasure to have you here on the podcast, man. And thank you so much for the, taking the time to come through. It always means a lot to have you. Oh, absolutely, Ross. I, I always appreciate you, my friend. And, uh, as you know, as we discussed off the air, it's always an honor and privilege to appear with you. And, uh, and uh, you guys do such great work at All Saints Considered. Uh, it's really, it's, if it's not the top Saints blog on the internet, it's obviously top two or three. So uh, <laughs> just, just guys just do phenomenal work. And uh, and you've really earned my respect. You've actually earned my respect from day one. And uh, just because of the, the way you approached everything and the, uh, the professionalism in which you guys operate. Yo, thank you so much, uh, Barry. And we'll get you on again after uh, OTAs have sort of settled down before we move into the off time during training camp, sort of get some of your observations on OTAs as well, just like you were able to come on and sort of uh, give us a little bit of insight into what you saw with uh, with mini camps this weekend, man. We appreciate you. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, always good talking to you. You guys take care. All right, y'all, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you so much for being here, and a big thank you to Barry Hersius for joining us. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Barry Hersius, and then you can check out all of his work over at BigEasyMagazine.com, which you can follow on Twitter at BigEasy underscore mag, as well as Saints News Network also. And we'll probably have him come back through to give us his impressions from OTAs once you get through that part of the work off-season workout program as well. But tomorrow, we've got Thor Nystrom of Rotoworld.com coming through to talk about the Saints having his best free agent class of the NFL and what that can mean for them in 2019. And of course, make sure you join the Locked on Saints Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints so that you can participate in the live Q&A at noon central time on Wednesday for Thursday's episode. So I got all that coming up for you throughout the week. But for right now, I'm just going to say, as I always do, thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know 
know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the podcast. And please take time to rate, review, share, retweet. All of that helps out a lot to find Locked on Saints. Just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Saints at home or in your vehicle. And be sure to subscribe on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the new Himalaya Podcast app so you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for all of your support and help me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust, who that nation? I'll holla at you.